Hello and welcome to Bluebells Forever, a podcast with interviews of Bluebell dancers past and present. Join Sherry Lewis, a Bluebell herself, as she leads us on a journey through story and experience. And now here's Sherry. I am super honored and excited to interview my friend Anne Green today. And she is a former Bluebell, but she also has a very extensive and exciting career. But I knew her as one of my students when she was just a teenager. <laughs> so Anne, I would love to hear, even though I know part of your story, it's still exciting every time I hear it, but other people don't know your story. Can you tell a little bit of like your dance training and what even prompted you to head towards being a professional dancer and what that was like for you? For sure. First of all, thank you so much for having me. This is really fun and I'll try to be as professional as possible because we know that when you and I get together, sometimes professionalism goes out the window, but not today. Not nope. today. No, nope. we're going to try it. We're going to see what happens. Uh, yeah. So I, um, I started in a, you know, one of those small little dance studios that was in the basement of a neighbor's house. And um, I always played sports. So I was always torn between sports and dance, but uh, my parents put me in dance so I would gain poise and confidence. And it really did help me actually in all the sports I played as well. So um, yep, I started that in elementary school here in Washington. And yeah, you came along and was just like, the probably the best thing since sliced bread because you were just so cool and your back was made out of rubber <laughs> and you did the best head roll whips ever so uh so it was really fun you know and you kind of you pushed us you just you had this great um way of just doing really fun innovative choreography so it was really great you know we went to competitions um we oftentimes won with your pieces if we didn't get first we got second we were mad about it because we felt we should have had first but uh but yeah so so yeah so then we did our very first our first professional gig when i was still in high school right it was down at the music hall right no yeah wait yeah it wasn't the music hall and um I forgot that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I was still in high school for that. And, then we, you know, I framed that check and then I cashed that check because let's be honest, I need that check. So I was in high school. It was very exciting. Um, but, yeah, so I was really kind of my my goal for my profession was actually um, I wanted to be an accountant because <laughs> I loved math and I just always loved numbers. And I just and I think that's actually why I love dance so much, too, because dance is dance is quite mathematical and um, it certainly became so later on in my career. But um, so I wanted to be an accountant. And I remember you encouraging me to go to an audition for a local producer. And uh, you're like, you know, he, they, I was five, nine, I've been five, nine for a long time. You know, I hit that somewhere in junior high. And so I'm like, well, what the heck, you know, let's let me go try this. So I went and auditioned and um, he liked what he saw and hired me right so for my first gig it was right it was just a few months after graduating from high school i was on a plane to the east coast doing my first my first gig 13 shows a week wow that was something else um that's what you put young people in to do right i was 18 that was a perfect age although i did work with people 20 years older than me uh in that show people you know as well yeah. um but it was you know it was really I, most of my dance career has been kind of like I've just been open to opportunities and possibilities that have come my way. So I never really charted out my dance career. People would ask me, you know, oh, do you, is Broadway your goal? And back then at that time, um, solid gold was, but it wasn't going to happen 
it for me. But no, I mean, Broadway wasn't a goal. I just was like, you know, I, I don't know. I didn't even really know what it meant to try to do, to try to go for Broadway. I just, I just kind of the opportunities that came up, I always auditioned. I auditioned for everything, even whether I, whether I thought I was right for the show or not, I did because auditioning, you know, there's a skill set and I wanted to hone those skills in auditioning alone so that when I did go for those jobs that I really, really wanted, I showed up knowing what I was doing in that audition. So, um, so I did that and, you know, I, I worked on a cruise ship after that dance on a cruise ship for like nine months. I went down to the Bahamas. I danced in one of the, the hotels down there for a few months. And then I came back up here to Seattle and that's where I did my first book show. Right. So here's love and then followed by West Side Story. So it was in West Side Story where I was working with a lot of um, uh, dancers and actors that came in from New York. And again, I'm still five nine at this time. So they were like, you know, have you thought about going to Las Vegas, you know, with your height? Uh, that, that's a great place to go. And Las Vegas offered something that a lot of places don't offer, a lot of dance jobs don't offer, and that's year-round work. Like, you know, those gigs at Fifth Avenue Theater in Seattle, they're six weeks tops, and that's rehearsing and the run itself, right? So I was like, Vegas, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't know about that. Um, but like, the more I thought about it, it was kind of like that thing where that opportunity and suggestion came my way. And I was like, well, yeah, maybe I should go check out Vegas and see what's down there. So, um, you know, a certain teacher of mine, Sherry Lewis, had <laughs> recommended that I call down there to company managers of shows and see if I could book private auditions. And I was like, oh yeah, okay. You know, I didn't, I didn't know that maybe I would get a no. I mean, I think I did get a no, maybe one, but I actually scheduled three auditions for three different shows down there in Las Vegas. So my mom, who had never been to Vegas, she and I flew down and, um, and we just had a blast. I mean, Vegas, you know, that's like, that is literally like uh, Disneyland for adults. It just was larger than life and brighter and shinier and just so loud and fun and all of that stuff. And even while I was auditioning down there, we went to shows as often as we could. I think there was some nights we forgot to eat because we were going to the seven o'clock show and a 10 o'clock show. And, you know, we just had a blast down there. So, um, I auditioned for three shows and one of them was Jubilee at Ballet's and uh, Fluff Laco was a company manager. She was a manager there for a long, long time. And I, I went and auditioned. Um, they took me down into the, the basement of the, of the theater, which is where one of the stages, which is on one of the elevators uh, resides. It resides down in the basement until it's being used up on stage. So I auditioned. Uh, it may have been in between shows. I don't actually remember now, but um, she came over watched me. Um, she told me I did a great job and, but the, there wasn't actually anything open at the time. Um, and that was pretty much the story at the other two places that I auditioned as well. In fact, one of them, oh my gosh, here's a quick side note for an audition story. They had me come in and audition in between shows and the cast came and watched my audition. Oh. I mean, talk about nerve wracking, not knowing what is going on. I'm 22 years old. You know, I, I certainly hasn't, haven't been in that situation before where a whole cast is eating their, their protein bars in between the shows, just watching me try to do my audition. Um, I didn't get that show, but regardless, uh, I didn't Can get I, any of them. Did you, when you auditioned for Jubilee, had you seen the show? Did you and your mom get to actually, like when you auditioned, did you see what you were auditioning for? Like they, what? I don't think I, we, they did, they let us watch in the light booth. 
Um, but I can't remember if I had already auditioned or if it was after my audition. I did get to see the show. They, they guested us up there. So we got to see the, the, you know, the beauty of that show. Um, but I don't remember which order it was in. So, but I did get to see it. My mom got to see it, which was kind of nice too. So she could see what it was that I was auditioning for. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I didn't, I didn't get it. We had a great time down there, came back up here to Washington. Um, I actually enrolled at Bellevue Community College and I went and tempt and got, you know, a job at some insurance company. And I was just going to wait for the next season, maybe at Fifth Avenue and see what happens. And a couple of months in, maybe just even like 60 days, I got a call from Fluff. And she said that somebody had broken contract. Did I want to come and dance in Jubilee? I was like, uh, yeah, like how fast can I get down there? Absolutely. So I quit my job and I unenrolled from college. And, um, you know, I, I was ready to move down to Vegas. And it was interesting because Fluff's actually from Washington. She's got ties up here and she loves Washington dancers as well. There are a lot of girls that were in that show that were from our area. So, because um, she didn't have to hire me. I mean, there were other girls down there in Las Vegas that were probably readily available and didn't have to move down there. But, you know, she remembered me and, and, and it was, you know, she offered me the job. So I packed up, you know, all my clothes and my one big TV, because that's important. And uh, <laughs> my mom and I, she helped me drive down there to Las Vegas. And we found me an apartment. And uh, I started my, my rehearsals. And it was interesting because I would rehearse during the day and then at night I was on my own and I'm on my own at 22 all by myself in Las Vegas, not knowing a soul. And they had actually recommended this bar called Money Plays and it was attached to a pizza joint called Guido's. And they said, you know, tell them that you're with Jubilee and uh, let the, and they'll take care of you. And, and I went there every night simply so I could go someplace. I had pizza every night. But they were so nice to me. Oh my gosh, they took care of me like I was their kid sister. They, it was just, it was really wonderful because it, it was a little scary. And I've been in other gigs where I was flown out to, you know, the Bahamas or East Coast or whatever. But I was also put into an apartment with people. You know, I was going to be living with some fellow dancers where this was just me and my, my apartment all by myself. So that was really helpful. And with, so with Jubilee, I was hired as a tall bluebell. So there were, there were 95 people in that cast. The cast was really large. It was the largest one in Las Vegas. We, our stage was half the size of a football field. There were 11 elevators on that stage. And so there were tall and short bluebells. There were tall and short nudes, which were the topless girls. There was an ebony line because the show had been on long enough where we had the segregated dance lines back in the day. And then we had singers and we had the boys, cause that's fun. And then we had all the principal dancers and principal singers. So it was a really big dysfunctional family for sure, right? Um, but that stage was just massive. And you know, the, the elevators with those eight elevators they would take us up to these passerelles that would drop from the ceiling for our finale and would link to a staircase that would bring us down to the stage so we could, you know, go all the way around that showroom for our finale and be above people. It was very exciting. It was a lot of moving parts. You know, we had, um, we sank the Titanic twice a night and uh, we had a big Samson and Delilah, huge bowl falling apart, crumbling scene and just a lot of a lot of cool things that you could do on that big space with all those, those moving parts. Did so, you the show 
all at once or did they put you in number by number or do you remember your first show because there's you're, you have to remember choreography you have to navigate these costumes that are giant you have to not be in anybody's way you have there's so much it's not just going on a stage in a normal dance show there's a right. lot to, to figure out and you're trying to remember not to die and <laughs> so i'm just curious i went in like a couple numbers at a time yeah I was, but i'm just curious if you did it all at once or piece by piece I think I did it uh, uh, a couple of numbers at a time, which was great because uh, you're right. It was, you know, that size of a stage, the, that many people, you really have to know your pattern and where you're going. You have to be very aware of the stage itself because those elevator pieces, when they slide and open, they don't, they, when they butt back together, they don't totally butt together. They're gaps and they're metal ridges and they're plates that have the perfect hole size for the heel of a woman's shoe to get <laughs> caught in it. There, I mean, there's a lot on the stage itself to navigate. And you know, there are lines for your spacing and all of that stuff. And the staircases are ginormous. The stairs themselves were 12 inches high. So if you think about it, like your stair at your house, I don't even know how the high that would be. Is that like six inches? I don't even oh. know. But they're, you know, that, they're certainly not 12 inches high. And then there's like, a, of course, there's a metal lip at the very top of that stage, that's that step. And then, a, and then we're in three inch heels. That's what we lived in in those shows. So, and then we're wearing a three foot headdress that has the base of the headdress, like the main part of it is a steel pole that has pretty feathers, you know, on it. And then we're not really wearing much else other than that, just a lot of rhinestones. And, but regardless, it's like, you just had a lot to navigate. So I do think I went in a few numbers at a time and our opening number was really challenging actually it had uh had all these little props like we sat on these little kind of uh i don't even know like a little square box that had behind it uh, an opening that had like a hat that you put on for this part and you put that back in the glasses and all of this stuff and we were on three tiers so i think the stage went up three stories high and then when the stage, that elevator was down in the basement where I had auditioned, that's another story down. So I think with that open and like our finale staircase, when that is up, I think it's four stories from the top of that staircase all the way down to the basement. So it was significant. It's a lot of space. And that opening number had um, stairs and very wobbly set pieces that rolled in and connected. But again, those had gaps, like maybe even four inch gaps between the set pieces that you have to navigate while you're smiling on stage, not looking at your stairs and trying to come down. And, you know, it was, it was a lot, it was a lot to navigate. And, you know, some of those people had been in the show for a long, long time and they know their, their show and their route, like the back of their hand, or maybe they're a little ticked off because they have to scoot over one person now that you're in because of height or whatever, partnering or whatever. Now they had to go and do something different, you know, different than what they've been doing for the past three, five, 10 years. So yeah, that was, that was challenging to navigate for sure. So you were a swing and I don't know if everybody knows what a swing, but that you don't ever, cause I just remember doing the same show every night, two shows a night for a year. And if it, when nobody has the same night off, like you rotate out. And so the swing does a different track every night and so when I did the show I mean I could think of my grocery list I always try to make sure I was present but you really can almost go on autopilot while you're doing 500 kicks and all that but <laughs> when you're swing you you have to be on every second because you're in a different place every night that the directions might be different 
And how did yeah. you even get to be a swing? That's not like they don't just randomly pull a hat name and go, and you'd be a swing. Like there, there's a certain kind of brain, maybe it's your math brain that right. can retain that much choreography and switch it up every night. Yeah. So when I, so I was in Jubilee for, for two years as a tall bluebell. My first year I was just a bluebell. That doesn't, that's, that sounds worse than I meant. I mean, I was a bluebell. I was in my role and I did my thing. And then our swing, who had been there for quite some time, she uh, went. She left for a different opportunity. And so when it came down to it, uh, one of one of the things that I was I may not have had as much technique as the next person, but I was a smart. I was a pretty smart dancer. Like I could pick choreography up quickly, and I could reverse choreography really quickly, and that really lent itself to being a swing, you know, in this type of a show. So. Uh, yeah, I, they offered me this, or I may have even asked if I could be considered. I don't actually remember, but I got that swing role, and it was incredible because I because um, I like choreography and like you know reversing and all this stuff. I could also get bored in my in my role a little bit, where a, about a year is about all I could really do. Two years, I haven't been in any show longer than two years. That was like the max because I was ready to go do something else. So when I got that opportunity to be the swing, it was just amazing. We, we would go in and I, I wouldn't necessarily be like Sally the whole night. So maybe, you know, in the opening number, I'm Sally. And then in the next number, I'm Carla. You know, it doesn't necessarily the same person. And if rarely our whole line is in, there are actually swing spots as well. So I'm on every night in every number, whether a girl is out or not, where in some shows you, you don't dance until somebody's out. But mm. in a show like Jubilee, it's so big and you and the stage is so big that they actually have spots for the swing if it's a full cast. So I loved it. So I would come in and uh, I, we'd have our meeting with the uh, with Fluff, with the company manager. They would talk about who's out. I would have my swing book with me. I had a three ring binder with a bunch of uh, graph paper and I would have every everything charted out. Every, every number charted out with a person's initials by the, per, you know, by the little dot that I'm tracking throughout the number. And, you know, maybe one number would have 20 pages to it because I had 20 different places to hit throughout that number. And it was very mathematical and it was, it just was right up my alley. I mean, I loved it. Even just like creating those graph charts was so much fun for me. I just loved every part of being a swing. Um, so I, so I had to do that and I would get my assignment for the night and I had to make it look like I'd been doing that part for the entire, like for years. Like I had that, and I loved that pressure. I loved that adrenaline where, where in my mind, maybe I'm like, you know, running whatever, a million miles an hour, but my exterior is just that, hopefully that, that pleasant smile of a person who's comfortable in their role and is just selling it for you, who's just giving it to you as an audience member. I really, I really did enjoy that. Now, I, did you I was, ever, um, hmm? did you ever forget what, what part you're doing? Like, did you ever swing and go, uh-oh, like, like, because when you have it automatic, but when you're thinking and it's like, and you've already done that other part the night before in a different spot, did you ever have that where you forgot what you were doing or messed up or you could just. Well, I mean, of, of course, of course. Right. I mean, you sometimes, but I have to say that, uh, especially I always did a double check because I, I, I made sure I looked at that chart and knew who, what I was doing right before I went out on stage. I didn't take it for granted when I got those notes at the beginning of the show that I kind of knew. I didn't just look at it at the beginning of the show. I would look 
in between every number to make sure I knew exactly. And especially if there was a swing boy instead of the regular boy that I was supposed to be with, or if things had to shift, um, I had to make sure that I knew what, you know, what I was doing and where I was going. Uh, and, and that the fact that I was able to pick up choreography, I, I started to swing into, you know, like the chorus singer line where those girls lip sync versus having the, 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 lead singer who had a live mic, I would start to swing into those. But what they would do is they would uh, show me the number in between shows or they would, sh I would come in early and learn the number and go on that night. And that's oh. like how quickly, like that's how fine tuned that skill was for me at that time where I could actually do that. Now, the one that was a little crazy, I think um, it was a singer, it was a singer role and they actually didn't, <laughs> They were so short because something we had some illness going through our cast, but they were so short that literally I went, they put me in a costume. I had, I did not know that number at all. I didn't even get to look at it. They put me on stage and my male partner literally would say, Shanae to the right, look at me, go up stage four stuff. I mean, like talked me through <laughs> the number while I was on stage. Now that, that was actually the, the, the point where I had to draw a line because it didn't feel good to me. I, you know, I know I helped in that situation, but there's no way I was having that pleasant smile where everybody thought I was in that role forever. I probably had like a look of a deer in headlights, but we had a little chat. I'm happy to learn numbers in between shows to go on for the next show, but I can't just walk out on stage and be directed <laughs> while I'm out there. Um, and they were open to that <laughs> suggestion to, so to bring I know that in. This came up a lot when I was in Paris for the reunion for Bluebells and you said it that we still have dreams that we're supposed to be on stage and not know what and what costume where am i supposed to be like it's still in there but i had the same track every night but for you is this thing like and you're on go shanae right you know it don't you know it yeah yeah in fact the dreams that i have a lot of times like, through the years my anxiety dreams would would manifest themselves yeah is exactly that i'd have the wrong costume on when it's supposed to be going on for one number i have the wrong costume sometimes it was from a totally different show uh but like if i have any of those anxiety dreams maybe over the past few years because now i've been retired from dance for quite some time but if i have them now it's almost like me now and i did have one for jubilee and it was just maybe a couple months ago where I, i'm backstage and they're like you remember how to do disco. That was one of our numbers. You remember disco, just go out there. And I'm like, well, wait, where am I even stand? Just follow Sally and just go, you'll be in that back corner. You'll be fine. And I literally go on stage and I'm like, I'm just hoping that that choreography is going to come back to me from 1994. <laughs> it's in there somewhere. So what did you do? Uh, did you like, okay, I've done with Jubilee. I've, I've done enough time. Like, let's go see, or do you have something lined up for another show? Cause I know you've worked pretty darn solid you've had some amazing so you would share a little bit because you've done some really fun impressive gigs after jubilee which is kind of a big thing to go beyond because that's you know one of the biggest shows in the world and yeah big, it was amazing uh, yeah, yeah i do have to take one back step though and say a couple of things about the backstage part of working in jubilee so um our and then i'll go on to that because it's but our our line the tall bluebells uh we were notoriously just the loudest, most annoying line backstage. And we came in, all we wanted to do was have fun. I mean, sometimes it would be to the point where the number that we had to go dance was interrupting whatever shenanigans we were in. And we're like, oh my gosh, we have to go dance. It was like, this is totally interrupting our fun time. Like, what's happening? And then we go out and be fabulous and come back down. But we drove, 
we drove those neighboring uh, dressing rooms and fluff for that matter, absolutely batty where, I mean, they just, they just be like, Sh shut up. So we were all in one line. And, but when I became a swing, I took the swing spot in the dressing room, which is on one end of the entire line. I don't even remember how many girls there were. There were like 10 or 12 of us. I can't even remember how many there were of us, but at the very, very other opposite end of our line was the dance captain. And so we would do games like we would choose, we would choose like, uh, we all had to choose a color and a way we say it. And then like, I would start and I'd be like, pink, pink, pink. And then the next person would choose a color. That's you. And you're going to, you're going to put it into my song. Pink, 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 Red. pink, Red. pink. Yeah. So we do that. And so like 12 girls. <laughs> and then we try to get louder so we could hear ourselves over everybody else. And then at the, the, there'd just be a point where like fluff would come in and be like, ladies <laughs> or like our, we had uh, the ebony line was on the, in the same room as us they were on the opposite side of our costumes that's what kind of divided the room and then our neighboring room were all the nudes with the tall and short nudes were in there and they were so chill like that room was so chill and just like really just doing their thing and they would just be like shut up they could we couldn't hear them we were so busy having <laughs> our fun and games like we we're like huh what somebody say something huh like we just had a blast Ten years older, so my career, like I was having babies by the time you started, but I so wish yeah. we could have been uh, in the same line backstage. Yeah, I mean it was just a blast, and I met some, you know, some really amazing people in that show, like you do, you know, in these shows, and they become your family. You you do your holidays with them, etc. You know, one uh, Dawn, she you know she made my wedding dress for me. I met my husband dancing in Jubilee. Yeah. He was a dancer there. He came from ballet company in Salt Lake City and, and came over and um, auditioned for Jubilee and they loved him because he's a ballet boy and it was amazing. So, you know, I got to meet him and, and fall in love and I've been with him since, since then, since 1993. So, you know, there was a lot of that personal fun behind the stage stuff, backstage stuff that was just, it was just as rewarding as the honor of being a bluebell you know, and, and being in those gorgeous costumes and, you know, Pete Menefee and Bob Mackey designed costumes with the rhinestones. I, re I remember earlier in my career with a different um, producer, we, you know, we were kind of our own dressers and, you know, sometimes the, uh, the plastic shiny gold beads were falling off. So you got to hot glue those things back on. Right. But I came to Jubilee and I just couldn't believe just the quality of the materials that those costumes were made out of. And, you know, our gorgeous opening bra with the rhinestones was metal, you know, and it was lined with a liner. So of course it didn't stab you, but on those cold days, you're putting on a metal bra, like it is metal, <laughs> you know, I mean, and the, the bijous, the jewels were just gorgeous. And, you know, they took a lot of care that that show ran over 35 years and they took a lot of care with those costumes and kept the designer designers visions alive they had you know the drawings bob mackey's drawings of the these gorgeous finale costumes with the big peacock you know feathers and the just the dripping in jewels and you know it was really an honor to to be in costumes like that and just the care for them and you it felt special it felt it felt beyond it was it was beyond anything I had experienced thus far and I, and I also wore I have worn some really nice costumes too but it was just this different it's a whole different era and like that show itself you know those types of shows like um Jubilee and Hello Hollywood and, and the Lido and stuff there's just a different feel to the whole thing and and it was just such an honor to to be able to wear those costumes um so yeah so 
Jubilee, I did that for a couple of years and I had, uh, I was kind of itching to do something else. Um, the Will Rogers Follies came through town to audition for the second national tour. And that's an interesting, actually, that was a really interesting audition because uh, I learned a, a really big lesson in that where they came to Las Vegas to audition and we all showed up in what you wear when you go to auditions in Las Vegas, which is your heels, your fishnets, and either a G-string uh, leotard or usually G-string trunks and a bra top because you know, most of those shows you're in what looks like a bathing suit with a bunch of rhinestones on it. And they want to see your body. They want to see what you look like. Right. And my hair was pulled out back and I had my makeup on. So all of us girls showed up that way. And it was fascinating because, you know, the, the um, producer and director, they were sitting there. They actually sent us away the, all, the whole audition. They sent us away and they asked us to go come back with proper tights and a full back leotard because the show we were auditioning for was, was not a G-string fishnet show. And it was fascinating because I, I was like, oh, I mean, you know, it's rare that you have your hand slapped in an audition like that, but it was good because this isn't what they were looking for. So, so I had to go find a dance shop that was open because I didn't have one of those two things. I think it was the full back leotard, but I went and bought it and you know, I came back and um, not all the girls came back, but I did. And I, I got that job. And so I got it as a swing. And so, uh, which is great because that was on my resume and I love that, you know, I love that whole thing. That was, it was interesting because while we were on tour, that was one of those shows where you don't dance unless somebody's out. And for whatever reason, I think my castmates were made out of iron or something. Um, they were heartily built because they <laughs> rarely went out. <laughs> I was like, somebody get a hangnail, please let me in. Um, but it was, it was really, it was really fun. You know, that was one where you have to know your stage right choreography, your stage left choreography, but also like an A part and a B part. Like, you know, we've done uh, favorite son a lot. Uh, and that's one of those things where you really have to know who you are when you're on stage, cause you can really mess it up. But yeah, I did that for a year. Um, I, I came off of that tour. I came back up to Seattle and did a couple more shows at fifth Ave. Um, I did Music Man and then I did, oh, 42nd Street. Just amazing. Oh my gosh. One of the best. Yeah. It was just amazing. Um, yeah. And so then I was itching to come back down to Vegas. I, I, I came down, I did a little show called the Outlaw Women of Boomtown <laughs> down at some casino. I can't even remember what the casino's called. And while I do that, I was auditioning for shows again. And I have a lot of audition stories, I guess, because my next one is about auditioning for the Trop. So I went in. And I wanted to be a covered dancer and they were, um, my height put me more in their topless line dancers because I was tall for their dancer line, but I didn't, I didn't want that. I wanted to dance. And so I went to their, they have auditions every six months. Jubilee actually did that as well. You have to audition for your job every six months uh, to renew your contract. But I went, they said, no, you're too tall for the dance, the covered line. Six months later, I came back and they're like, oh, you, will you go topless? I'm like, no, I still want to do the, the covered line. And so they're like, well, you're still too tall. And they said, listen, don't bother coming back because, uh, you know, you're just too tall for our line. I'm like, okay, I'll see you in six months. So I went back. And um, I went back right when they were going to revamp their show. And Jerry Jackson was going to come in and do a refresh on it. And guess what? Their dancer line got taller. How about that? And yeah. I got hired to be oh, the dancer line. It's pays off. Seriously. I mean, I never take no, you always show up for an audition. That's the thing. Like that's probably what I would impart on any dancer or actor or whatever you need to audition for a musician. You just go to them always let them tell, you no. don't, don't give, don't 
you know, saying no by not going. You've got to go because you just never know. You never know when there's going to be a shift in uh, what they're looking for. So, so yeah, it was really fun. So it was, again, it was pretty cool to be in two of the longest running shows in Las Vegas between Folie Berger at the top and then, you know, Jubilee at Bally's. Um, so I did that. And then I went out to New York to audition for the Rockettes, Radio City Rockettes. Um, you had an opportunity on your, on your audition form to put whether you wanted the New York show, one of the Coney shows, which is cities outside of New York, or the Las Vegas show, because the Rockettes had toured and they came to Las Vegas and they, they sat there, were so successful at the Flamingo Hilton that they closed down and reopened as a, a you know, a show there. So I chose Vegas because I was already living there and my husband and I, and so I got, you know, I got that and I was in the Rockettes for for two more years and then um it was there steve came and joined me my husband came and joined me in, as a as a man a male of rocket man of rocket radio city i can't remember what they were called but he came and danced there as well and that's where that's where my career ended was a uh, with the rockets yeah and i saw that show and i saw you in valley forge i saw will roger it's just and i've seen you in west side so it's been fun because you were my student but you're also one of my bestest friends but to see your career, and this is a sad thing, because I think, you know, you didn't say, I'm done. I'm right. just not going to answer anymore. So there's grieving. I feel like that takes a long time to even understand we need to grieve. And it's interesting, like, we teach showgirl classes together. Mm -hmm. But we went to see Jubilee. We didn't see the actual closing. We went, like, a couple of days before the closing. And I just want, I think I cried, because it's the end of an era. Yeah. Like, all these places that I, because I danced in the 80s. I'm 10 years older, but, like. I was offered Paris, Monte Carlo. World. I mean, there was so much work and it was all glamorous and they pay your way to travel yeah. and that's gone. So when Jubilee closed, it, it's the end of an era. Yeah. Like, I agree. And, like, yeah. Your career ends a certain way and then there's not like, oh, maybe I could go back because it's no more. Like, there's the Moulin Rouge and the Lido, which I went and saw both of those in summer. Mm -hmm. It's so beautiful to see it's still there, but it's, it's different. But to be there to see that that show after thirty something years close and say yeah. this, this isn't coming back. I think when they tried to revamp it, it didn't go well, and it's like you can't bring back that glamour, right? And yeah. So that was emotional. And then teaching class with you, why I love teaching with you is because we're not teaching them how to look or how to, but it's like how to feel that beauty. And when you talk about the costumes, I love that you bring the pictures out and you talk about like how real and beautiful. And like oh, the dancers now don't don't wear those costumes. So even when we put those on, it, you see them transform. Mm -hmm. But there is something of of passing that down, and like there is something that's of like the old Hollywood era that's gone. Yeah. That is romantic. There's just uh, and teaching with you, I love that you always bring that piece. Is like women like feel beautiful as yourself, not putting something on, and you're wearing these, like you actually paint the picture of what they're wearing, and you see them transform, mm -hmm. because there's lots of heels, there's lots of classes, but it's a, it's a different thing of how not to give it all away, and you're not being sexy mean, you're, you're, you are owning your beauty, right. and you're a beautiful, stunning dancer, you always have been, but I think, you know, as we age, there's something, it's like, it almost feels more regal. Mm, yeah, yeah, I mean, there's something really special about you know, Bluebell and th those types of shows that, that you're right, is gone today, it's gone. Um, I mean, maybe you and I will help bring it back. <laughs> but there is a part where it's, it is about like a woman's beauty, because every woman is beautiful. I mean, every single one is. 
right? And what makes a woman even more beautiful is the way they present themselves and carry themselves. It's from the inside. And so while these costumes are certainly gorgeous and stunning, it would just, it would be so sad on the rack. It needs that, that woman inside it, that sensual, like owning her femininity and owning her, her sensuality to really bring it to life. And that's probably what I love the most about our the, doing these showgirl classes with you is that you know, seeing, um, you can see, you can see by the end of the class that because there is a transformation throughout that class and it's what, maybe 60 minutes. And at the end, I mean, it's just completely, these women look completely different. And so it shows me that, that it, it confirms that it's in all of us and that we, we want to express it. Like there, you know, it's, there's an opportunity to express it. And, uh, it's just, you know, it's an honor to teach those classes and to pass along that feel, that feeling from those, those iconic shows and that kind of like that iconic mentality, if you will, of how you present yourself um, as a confident woman. Uh, what do you miss most about that era? Jubilee, like the dancing in Jubilee? Or any of those shows, like what, what is? I miss, I miss it. I just miss it because I, you know, my career ended with an injury um, I was not ready to leave. I thought I, I, my career ended at 29. I thought literally, I thought I would dance till 40. I honestly thought that I would be retiring like at 40. So I was 11 years short of my goal, but um, uh, I wasn't ready at all mentally. In fact, I, I don't even know if I'm completely over it today because I loved it so much. I loved every part of it. I loved the audition. I love audition. Do you remember, Sherry? We would go, we would go audition for something, and then it was fun. But we're like, well, now we have to go to Kid Valley for that burger and shake. It's just, it was so much fun. I loved, I loved the um, community. I love seeing, you know, you see the same people, you get to know each other. I loved rehearsals. I loved the costumes. I loved the makeup. I loved performing. I loved being on stage giving it my all, you know, 100% for me, looking, maybe, maybe locking eyes with somebody in the audience, seeing like a smile or something. I, I just love the whole thing. I just, I loved that whole entire thing. I love the travel. I know a lot of people don't like this, but I know a lot of people don't like change and it's scary. And, you know, a lot of people do stay in shows for a long, long time because they have the security where I'm like, where, where, is, where am I going next? Like, and that's why I think, cause I was so open. I didn't really have a plan for my career to circle back to that. I was really just open to the opportunities that came, came to me. So there were certain shows that I really wanted. I really wanted to make sure that when I came back up, to Seattle, you know, in the 96-ish, 95, 96, that I reconnected with the Fifth Avenue because I saw their schedule and I wanted to do Music Man. I wanted to do 42nd Street. So like I made sure, you know, there's certain things I made sure I went and did. But for the most part, you know, when opportunities came to me or if I saw an audition, I just went. I just went. And, um, and that kind of led me to this eclectic career versus only doing musical theater or only staying in one show, you know, for a long time. And uh, I, I miss that change. I love that change, you know? So for me, you know, <laughs> after it took, it took a good chunk of time for my neck to, uh, to repair, if you will, it took a good year and a half. And that's a long time, maybe even two years. It feels like an eternity, but I, you know, I got into, you know, group fitness, right. Teaching fitness classes. And that was like my new performing, uh, and I got to do that for many, many years. And I got to, it's, just, it's not the same, same at all, but it's just similar where you get to connect with people. I had a costume. So if I taught Zumba, I was all in Zumba. 
by tur taught turbo kick. I was all in turbo kick gear. You know, I, I got that, um, that ability to connect with people and there was a little performance aspect to it as a teacher, but yeah, now when I think about it, uh, I love to, to kind of teach that part because it, it was so wonderful. So doing mock auditions when we do those types of things, do anything where I can impart my, what I experienced, you know, my way isn't certainly the only way, but it was a way and I had a really fun career doing it. But anything that I can pass along to a, another dancer who's, who's starting out or, you know, just has questions or I love that piece of it. Cause then that's, that's more of that sharing, you know, I, I love it. So those mock auditions, those showgirl classes that we do, putting on a show that has that French, you know, feel like all of that stuff that since I'm not going to be on stage probably ever again in that capacity, I would love that. I love that piece. That's exciting to me. And, and there's so many incredible dancers. Oh my gosh. At Westlake dance center, it just is insane. The talent and smart dancers. And it's just really, it just kind of charged my battery to be around that and just, just feel that again. It's been amazing. So I would just do a little like, uh, Words aren't happening. Uh, what we're talking, we I had decided I wanted to do a show. I wanted to do it forever, a night in Paris. And after being in Paris and seeing uh, the Moulin Rouge and the Lido de Paris, I'm like, we don't have this. I want to do it. And you were like, yes, yes, yes. And you were, you're, you're so generous with how you teach and how you like assist. Because I tend to throw everything out just all in my head. And you're like, um, and you will go and give tips, but you do it in such a way that is so gracious. Like you're giving this wealth, and I watch how dancers receive it like you open it up for them to feel confidence like oh I'm doing it right like you open it up where they can like expand instead of like shut down hmm. and that show is on hold and I am grieving that because I was looking forward to that more than anything yeah in a time but it's going to come back we're going to do a century ballroom because we want it to have that feel that's not like a a little tiny place a cabaret show or not like a high school theater it has to have the right vibe so you get dressed up and you get to bring back what it feels like for this night out yeah and for dancers to get to have this different persona than dancers normally get to do in Seattle so doing it with you and the the expertise but also the um like generosity I keep coming you you're such a generous teacher generous assistant you're in the room and you don't like you wait to the right time and you give the thing that that person needs right then. Mm, wow. Thank you. I just have been really enjoying it. You know, it's, it's, uh, it just felt like the right time and it's the right thing because we are missing that, you know, with these shows that have closed. Uh, yes. Paris certainly still has Lido and Moulin Rouge. Uh, it's hard to get out to Paris to go see those shows, right? You can't really get out there very easily. You know, why not bring a piece of that, of that beauty of that time of that era here? Like it's, I feel like it's time. Like, I feel like, yeah. I think it's time artistically too in the, in the dance community. It's time for something like that. Amen, sister. Amen. So we, we are going to wrap it up, but I do have to say for Sign of the Times, which is Westlake's annual show, that you've brought this up a few times. Like I want to do this opening number and I always had like, I only get to do one number and I can't take that away from the dancers. This year, and I think both of us have like have had hip replacements. We've had body pain and different issues. It was, it was, this was the time mm -hmm. and, and doing that, like rehearsing and losing, losing it, laughing because I can't be in the same room without like totally like crying and falling down laughing is like, that's why rehearsals are fun. But also you're like, Hey, let's get back. <laughs> When's the clap? When's the count? So the rehearsals uh -huh. were fun, picking up the costumes and sending you ideas. 
but there were moments on stage, like, I don't know if I can get up and down the stairs and 60, get up the heels. And we were in it. And I remember looking at you going, it doesn't get better than this. I'm with one of my best friends who is enjoying this as much as I am. Yeah. And there was totally. no apologizing, like, oh, we're older. Like, no, I felt like we were in it. There's just, I can pinpoint certain places on stage. I looked at you and like, oh my gosh, we get to do this. And it's yeah. still part of us. It's not done. But yeah, it was such a treat to get to do that. And that will stand out as one of my favorite performances because we share something of what got us there. Mm -hmm. Very unique. And that's why this podcast, like when we, when I talk to other dancers, there's this history that we have that is unique and it, it just makes it like, uh, oh yeah, I want to hang on to, this was really something special that we got to be part of. And yeah. so you, as my friend and dancer, I've loved watching your career Mm. And love just to watch you talk about it, like this joy that comes out of you. And so I think like when we have that end before we want, there is a grieving, but there also is like, I'm not going to let that take away. I got to be a part of something really beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, people, I've been asked this a lot through the years because of how much pain I was in, unfortunately, you know, if you could do it all again, would you have done it the same way? And I'm like, uh, yeah, I would have done, you know, would you have chosen to be an accountant instead of that dancer? No, I would have done the exact same thing because I'm experience-based. That's what I like. I like experiences. And I, I, I loved every minute of it. And, you know, I don't know that I would have necessarily had that career had you not encouraged me to go to that audition. Honestly, I mean, I, I was ready to go be an accountant. And you just, well, just go, just go. And just go. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll just go. Um, now, my parents weren't really thrilled with you. But, um, no, because their, their baby girl just graduated from high school, was heading to the East Coast. But, uh, but they forgave you. And they love you. And um, because I just had this incredible career because of it. But, no, I mean, you were a large part of that. And just your stories that you shared with, you know, because you had been to the similar shows, some of these similar shows, especially in the beginning as to what I was experiencing, you'd already been there and done that. And so your words of wisdom were really helpful. And, um, you know, just help me give, give me the confidence to go and do it. You know, sometimes you just, you don't know to be afraid. And I wasn't afraid. I just went, <laughs> I just went. Yeah. For it. So I yeah. appreciate you. So thank you. I, you know, and I loved that dance performance with you. That was absolutely incredible. You know, I wanted to do that duet forever. I wanted to do that for so long. So to get to do that last year was I mean, it's just incredible. And you're right, just that performance piece, because that's what I, I love. I just love being on stage and performing. I love it. I love it. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for making that happen for us. It was incredible. I like the, it's time, like the pair show, it's time. Doing time. this podcast, I've wanted to do this for years. It's time. Yeah. Like there's like, it's time. We're in a, whatever's going to come out of this time we're in right now with COVID and quarantine, the arts are going to shift, but it feels like, oh, it's time. There's something new that's emerging and maybe it's something old coming back, but for artists to go take the risk, do, do something that makes you like have that joy that Anne has when she talks about this. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, I love you, my friend. This was such a treat to get to talk to you and hear your story. And of course, get to look at you on zoom after quarantine, <laughs> like, oh, my favorite face. So best to you and never, ever, ever stop dancing. Thank you. I love you too. Thanks for having me. Maybe the next podcast, I'll share my crazy story on stage. She's got but, some good stories. Oh again. my gosh. But yeah. thank you so much. And I love that you're doing this. And I love that you're sharing all these stories. I think they're important. So thank you very, very much. It's been an honor to be here today. And I love you. Oh, I love you. And I'm signing off. Goodbye, Anne. Bye.